Welcome, weary, wayfaring wanderers, to another episode of West Bros. Funny idea, bluebirds in the moonlight, but that's the way I Jake, feel. Jake, is this like your new? With you. Is it like your new thing? The whole singing thing is that going to be on every episode of West Bros now? In the daylight, so this funny is fun. idea, night out in the. I just do it because it annoys you, frankly. It does annoy me. Welcome back to another episode of West Bros, where we have where we are enjoying to a brand zero new sugar. Baja Blast. Some of us are enjoying. The rest of us have switched to a brand new all cicada diet. Yeah, huh? You haven't heard about this? No, I have not. Uh, do you know what a cicada is? Uh, it is a bug. It is a, a giant bug. A bug that is loud. It is that's a giant loud bug. Yes, and, and that's, that's the that's sound really of summer. The cicadas. I know, that, I know. The, I know. Some, the cicadas are here for the summer, and guess what? You should be eating them, Jake. Is that a thing? That is a thing now. Eating uh, I'll, I'll pass. I slurp raw eggs every day. I drink about four raw eggs a day on average, but I don't think I'm going to eat... Uh, I'm not going to eat cicadas. Sorry. Uh, dang, I'm trying to... I'm trying to find articles about it, but the problem is... It's, it's become it's such a, a meme that now it's a... Oh, here's a good one. Montclair State University. Yes, cicadas are safe to eat, and they're delicious. Uh, it's gonna be a bit the of a brood heart, cicadas so. are about to emerge, and anthropology expert Courtney Bergenson explains how you can harvest them and cook them. See, I'm a little late to this trend because it was it, it started becoming a meme like a couple weeks or a couple months ago, and now you can only find like medical articles about it instead of just like you should eat cicadas. It's should you eat cicadas? No. What am I a savage in the plains of Africa? Come on. Yeah. Brood cicadas are one of the world's most incredible animal phenomena. In a year where few of us may be traveling to see natural wonders like Africa's Great Migration or the Elephant Gathering of Sri Lanka, we are incredibly privileged to have this rare that. spectacle occurring in our very own backyards. Brood X provides an infusion of nutrients into the ecosystem and humans have been enjoying this event for its sights, sounds, and okay. taste for millennia. I may start an MLM just to sell cicadas to soccer moms. <laughs> It's sustainable and nutritious. Enjoy Insects are an important source today. of food for more than 2 billion people on the earth, including many food cultures within the United States. These little meats are not only a mainstream food source, they're also little a more meats. sustainable choice than other species of livestock, which can you know, require a lot of land, water, and feed. But okay, we don't have will, to eat them. Yeah. We don't I have to. Say, I have heard. I have heard of uh, vegans trying to be like, okay, uh, eat bugs, guys. Eat bugs. If you want meat so bad, just eat bugs. I've heard of that being a thing. I'm thinking, nah, that's... Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, all animals have rights, but frick bugs, I guess? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I ain't gonna be eating was... no bugs over here, man. I saw, I saw someone bring this up. It's like, so vegans don't eat, like, chicken. Because a chicken is a, a living, breathing, like... Not a... Almost a person. A chicken is a living, breathing thing. A sentient being that's deserving of rights. And it is deserving of being respected. So it's kind of messed up that vegans eat imitation chicken, right? Like, what the heck? That's like me eating imitation human meat. <laughs> it tastes just like the real thing. It's wrong, it's wrong. McLean, I would yes, do the local St. Vincent de Paul today. Thrift store. Great thrift oh. store, by the way. Usually has a very good book section. I was uh, just wandering by the fiction section looking to see if they had any PG Woodhouse. I did pick up a uh, 1940s copy of Summer Moonshine, by the way. Uh, it's just a great name for a book. But uh, my eye glances on the bottom shelf, and a title catches my eye. I'm holding in my hands... An Imperial Affliction by Peter Van Hooten. Now, if you're oh. a fan, if you're if you've listened to the podcast that we abandoned the book club, you know that this this is no ordinary book. In John Green's novel The Fault in Our Stars, the main character is obsessed with uh, with with this book and the author Peter Van Hooten and uh, it's her favorite book and it's, it's a main plot point when she meets the author and it turns out he's actually a jerk no 
I know what you're thinking. I found an appeal of fiction. Oh, it's not just a plot point in the book. This is an a- this was an actual book. That was the first thing I thought. The first th- I had a bit of a mind break when I saw this because <laughs> I just like John Green. I dislike his writing. I dislike the man. I think he's horrible at what he does. No, he's good at what he does, but what he does is horrible. And because of that, I <laughs> I'm love I'm the best him. at I what I do. Him. But what I, I love... do is write crappy pandering books for preaching girls. I love collecting his works and scrutinizing them because I hate them. So, I know John Green. Like, I know him inside and out. And I know that he made up an imperial affliction by Peter Van Houten. And yet, here it was staring me in the face. As a real book. So, of course, I bought it. Now, let me I tell will you. admit, Jake, I will admit, when you first sent me the picture, I did have to look that up to remember what it was. But when I did see... Re- oh. When I found out... Oh, that's what that is. I was... I was taken quite aback. I, ha- I had to take several steps back. Well, imagine my shock thinking. seeing it on a shelf in a bookstore. In a, in a, in a in book real life. place. In the real life. Out in the open. In Out society. In the open. Anyway, Not in some shady, shady back alley. McLean, let me tell you. This is a hefty tome. Compared to most mm. books, this is like the size of two books squashed together. I was uh, also impressed by the fact that when I, you did send me a picture, it was large. 502 pages. Wow, I can't believe John Green wrote an entire other book just to have just to make a little in-joke. That was my first thought. So that my first thought was, wait, this was a real book, and then I then you know a couple seconds go by. That would be some sort of like actual artistic integrity. If it was a real book, he he wouldn't have had because like that's the main plot point in the story. To meet the author, it turns out to be a jerk. Like no, it couldn't have been the real book because he he put the author in his story and he ragged on him. So obviously it's not a real book. What is this? I start flipping through it and there's words on pages and I'm like, did John Green like actually write 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 the a book? Did he do like a JK book? Rowling and like write the actual book that was in the book? A book within a book? Maybe it's I the noticed... first book John wrote and it failed and he uh he wrote an entire book about how great it was. <laughs> I I think we made that joke. On the on the book club, like oh, oh he he was happy. So. He was writing a chapter of a book. He gave up and wrote a different books. Anyway, I'm flipping through this book, this hefty tome, and I start noticing what the word TV keeps appearing over and over. I'm like, wait, what? So I stop and I look at the sentence. So the sentence that I kept noticing, some sometime later, minutes, the TV was off. Hmm, that's odd. Flip a couple pages forward. Sometime later, minutes, the TV was off. Flip a couple. Oh, oh. This is like half of a chapter repeated over and over and over ad nauseum for 500 pages. I don't get it. I think what happened was, I think what this is, uh, oh, also on the back cover, it's just made up reviews from made up newspapers with fake names. The New England Tribune, Midwestern Literary Review, Amsterdam Post-Gazette, The London Ledger, Publishers Quarterly, The Chicago Intelligencer. Anyway, this book is baffling. So, the only thing I could think of was, alright, teenage girls who read The Fault in Our Stars, they're they're too deep into it, and they want to collect stuff from it, like like you would collect props from a movie. So this this is like a prop book? Even though, like, the point of the fault in their stories was it turned out the author was a jerk? I don't... <sighs> That's the only thing I can think of. I have I have previously not looked into it, it yet because I wanted to do this live on Westboro. Solve the mystery of where I this I just came looked from. it up. Um... I mean, it's listed on Amazon a few t- different places. One of this has an Imperial Affliction Fault in Our Stars rule Hold on, notebook. hold on, hold on. Minolima Books is the imprint, uh, the publishing house that is published under. Um, it looks like a legitimate. <sighs> it's on Goodreads. It, apparently, it makes fancy books. Like it, uh, it, it, it takes, it takes regular books and just like makes a. Uh, how do I put? It takes classics and does like a fancy um, reprint of them. Um, They, they've done stuff for Harry Potter. Uh, they've put out children's books. Um, yeah, anyway. So, 
it's a legitimate imprint. Like, it's an actual, um, company that puts this out. Mentally my books, let's just be by Peter Van Hooten. You look in the book and nowhere in there can you find any like it's it's totally it's made to look legit, other than the fact that it's the same paragraph repeated over and over. Everything about the book looks legit. Like you go to the um the like the the page where it has all the legal stuff on it, the supposed work of fiction, blah blah blah, first published in Great Britain, twenty thirteen. Text copyright Peter Van Hooten, all rights reserved. Uh like if you didn't know what the fault in their stars was, if you picked this up without picking up that book, you would be a very confused man. <laughs> Some lunatic. Yeah. I think it has something to do with the movie, The Fault in Our Stars, because they needed a prop for the movie. I... but they're selling it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't say I understood it. I said I think it has something to do. In the Fall of the Stars FAQ, John Green says, An Imperial Affliction is not a real book, and Peter Van Houten is not a real person. Um, however, An Imperial Affliction is in some ways based on two books I love. The first is David Foster Wallace's Infinite Jest, which I've not read it, but I've heard that it's a, it's a book hipsters read, so, you know, that makes sense. Um, uh, where'd it go? Sorry. Yeah, anyway. Question, aren't you even a little tempted to write an Imperial Affliction? No, I could never write a novel like an Imperial Affliction, and I don't think I would enjoy writing it. There's a variety of writing that David Foster Wallace once described as Look Ma No Hands. AIA, as I imagine, is very much like that. Prodigious and ostentatious and full of the need to show every possible thing that words can do. What, you don't do that, John? Get off your no, little high horse there, buddy. John does not try to write well oh, in his sorry. books. I love reading those books. He loves pretentious books. I'm shocked. Uh, one of the magical things about books that don't exist is they can achieve a kind of greatness that isn't available to real artworks. Writing an imperial affliction would only ruin it, sort of by definition. Kind of like with the Faulkner stars, huh? You ruined that the minute you wrote it. Yeah. Um, Goodreads has this. This is on Goodreads. It's on Goodreads. Four and a half stars. Six short pages of an imperial affliction written by John Green as a P4A perk. What is that? P4A. Was it like a uh, like a like a Kickstarter reward or something? P4A. Maybe I don't know like what a that is. Patreon? I don't know. Um Pretty good for a book that doesn't exist. Five stars. Hazel Grace's most favorite book of all time. The Inception Which of Books. This five-page book is, is this five-page book is richer than most five thousand-page books. Recommends it for nerd fighters. This is something really cool. Gotta love John Green. John Green's done it again. Uh, Project for Awesome. I okay. Okay. I, it must have been like that a like sense. a fundraiser thing. What that says project what? Yeah. Online creators decreasing world suck. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's that it's that Tumblr speak like We've raised two million dollars. Humans banding together to, to get rid of the suckage or something like that, you know. I'm seeing... John um, Green trying to talk like a teenager even though he's in his 30s or 40s by now. McLean, would you like yeah. me to read you An Imperial Affliction, this 500-page book? I'd rather die. Please go ahead. Tulip man on the couch beside me, close enough that I felt preternaturally aware of his uncountably thick arm hair, wondered if you grow up and become attracted to such things, perversely for a moment letting myself consider whether mom could actually be quote-unquote into him, but then let the thought go. That was a paragraph. Um, was it, though? It was. He let me watch anything I wanted, a characteristic outgrowth of his devotion to me. We were watching a documentary about the Chinese explorer Zinghe, and my opiated mind kept whispering his name to me and trying to find the proper Latin letters to describe the sounds, Jung Ha Jung Ha Jung Ha Jung Cha, which has helped brought forth the whole problem of language as representation. The problem I'm now against now, typing this, trying to tell you how it felt sitting there next to him. I felt pretty naturally aware of his uncountably thick arm hair, wondered if he grew up and become attracted to such things, perversely for blah, blah, blah. Uh, she repeated that again. Wait, what? Did I skip forward too far? I think I... 
Nope. He's already repeating it. What? Okay, this is bizarre. He's not even like taking two paragraphs and repeating it. He's like repeating something halfway through and repeating it again. Uh, okay. Sorry. Imagine being lazy writing a fake book. I winced. Okay, okay, here's the next original part. I winced and the Dutch tulip man sprung up and got a syringe with more of the stuff and it told me, Your mother will be home soon, Anna. Wonder where my mother was. The unleapable chasm between thought and memory. The morphine hits so fast you lose the ability even to, 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 you know. Later, coming out of it a bit, so it's the backstory is supposed to be about a girl with cancer. I wonder where my memories were stored. Does a memory live inside a single neuron? No, it can't. You can't pick memories out of a brain like shrapnel from a wound. This is like Jerry the book. I just realized. Yeah. <laughs> it's nonsense. It means nothing. It's not a story. It just keeps... It's just garbage for 500 pages. <laughs> The memory lives among and emit a bunch of neurons in the spaces between them. A memory does not actually have a place. They aren't anywhere. A memory is just what you mean when you say I. I was worried about mom. She'd been gone a long time. The DTM brought Sisyphus over in his cage and sat the cage next to me between us on the couch and I watched him spin the wheel for a while. I wanted him to outlast me. I really did. I liked the idea of me never knowing, of him lasting through my forever, and there go the to me at least lasting forever. I know he was just an effing hamster, but still, I'm just telling you, I felt sleepy. Yeah, John, you think this is what people do when they're trying to show off how well they can write words? The morphine's buzz whirring around my head. They call it nodding off because you actually nod and you watch this hamster and think, keep running, keep running, you think, chung hai chung hee, you think. It's just drivel. Uh, this is just drivel. Sometime Don't later, minutes, the TV again. was off. I was still thinking a lot, but couldn't say about what the way clouds, the squealing hurt in my hip, broke through again. These haven't even complete sentences. I, it's I, I think it's supposed to be like, oh, she's on, she's like on uh, painkillers, so like she's typing like a crazy person. But you can't. Okay. It is the ultimate superhero. Backs down to no one. Overcomes every obstacle. All the nurse blocks and chem neurochemical disruptors and inflammation antagonists line up and pain barrels through them all, refusing to go unheard, bringing justice where otherwise there would only be peace. It rises up, stirs through me once more, and remind myself that no single moment is unbearable, that all will be born. Screams, you will hear this tree fall in the danged forest. The Dutch tulip man held my hand tight. He says my mom will be back soon. No single moment is unbearable. No single moment. Sisyphus is always on the wheel running. <coughs> okay. We're almost done here. This is the last... Oh, okay. This is like one sentence left. <laughs> and then she is home, back with more syringes for the PICC line and also a blue rectangle leathery printed with the golden seal of the USA. She hands it to me and my... <coughs> As, as my clumsy fingers slowly feel its edges, eases two syringes into the line. I open the passport as the Dutch tulip man tells me in his throaty accent that the treatment in Holland is so promising and now we are ready, now we are finally ready. I am looking at my photo, unsmiling in the glass per state regulation. I winced and the Dutch tulip man spring, spring, sprang up and got a syringe. He let me watch anything I wanted. The character, and it just repeats itself like this, like mid-sentence of the loop back on itself. Like, as if it's a robot. It's a robot. It's weird. Until, until, I, I flip to the last page, and then, then, finally, there's something that I want, that isn't a repeat. Like, it repeats that in, like, a weird fragmented way for 500 pages, and then, wonder where my mother was seeing the unlivable chasm between thought and memory. The morphine hits so fast, you lose the ability, even to, 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 you know, coming out of it, I wonder where my memories. The risen sun too bright in my losing eyes. Wonder whether my level of consciousness met the definition of awake. Thought about awake, awake. Doctor said in his Dutch English, the training is difficult in you. Yes, he apologized for his broken English, but there is of course nothing broken about it. Felt like hell the next morning, slept a lot, peed myself, and that wasn't the worst of it. Mom sang to me. Don't remember what. I remember the singing though. <laughs> That's a funny juxtaposition. That wasn't the worst of it. Mom sang to me. Yeah. Don't remember what, I remember the singing, and then I was at the beach. Not a proper sandy American beach of bikinis and surfboards, but a chill beach of small, water-worn black rocks, and the waves made a different song crashing against the pebbles than any I'd ever heard. And I knew it was a dream, I guess, but I felt for all the world like I was really on the edge of it, right at the waterline, my feet on these smooth night black stones. The longest waves stretching out to licking my bare feet, and I'm standing up, rod straight, scared to step toward the waves, and scared to step away from them. The water's so gray, and the clouds so low, that the horizon is an abstraction, and the tide is way. And that's the end of the book. So this probably is, a little bit better than The Fault in Our Stars, actually. Yeah, straight up Ibsen lorem text would be better. Just plain gibberish. If you had just written gibberish, it would be better than this. Ah, this is Monkeys bizarre. at typewriters. 
It's like and John Green. It's like Yoko Ono giving up and screaming at you or something and calling it music. I don't. He didn't do anything, but he did not accomplish <laughs> anything. And, and, and the stuff on the the fake quotes on the back cover make it even funnier. Like, imagine somebody actually sitting down and reading all 500 pages of this, and then. Mesmerizing, a tour de force. Van Houten's a virtuoso, conducting his human sympathy with staggering empathy and depth. And as a character for the ages, a wizard of the highest order, encompassing the whole of human experience. It will teach you how to live and die. An unbearably beautiful and noble book, dizzying and electrifying. His mastery of language is unparalleled. Prepare to be punched and begotten, lifted into the heavens. No, I think uh, I think some hippies, some uh, hippie uh, hipsters. That's probably exactly what they would say. Pseudo-intellectuals, that's exactly what they would say about something like that. Pseudo-intellectual pretentious jerk faces. They're the only people who like John Green. <laughs> the man's, yeah, that's the man's an enigma. Girl. The man is strange. It's true. Well, Glenn, you promised last week to give us the best, worst article ever. Uh... It's the worst of the worst, if I'm being real with you. The best. This of the is worst the worst of the article I've ever come across, Jake. All right, I am set. First, I am ready. First off, let me just you know. I mean, I just read the got... best book ever. Yeah, exactly. It can only go down from here, really. Um, you know, we got the cicadas swarming all of us, and then of course, uh, right now in Pocatello, Idaho, almost one o'clock. It is like 75 degrees outside. It went. It got up almost to 100 today. To like 95 97 supposed to be in the 90s for the rest of the week let's be honest jake summer kind of sucks whoa and we've would had, you like, like weird, to read we had weird this week here it's been sort of a weird humid rain like almost a thunderstorm but not quite but that's been what's going on here the last few days and this article kind of fooled me um because i thought i was getting into one thing and i got into something completely else um, first, allow me to read you some of the uh, suggested more like this articles along the side sidebar here and see if you can guess who this um, article comes from. Uh, the It Bag of Summer is a case for your vaccination card. <laughs> okay. Eve from Bug Juice would love it if you'd stop emailing her. The coolest patio furniture we could find for under $100. 69 Father's Day gifts for your weird special dad and an article a headline here that is so reprehensible and morally corrupt that I will not read it on air even censored McLean sorry one note sorry when is Father's Day it is a week from today okay remind us remind me we have to do a special on horrible Father's Day cards yes that'll be our next our next topic so, so on those, on those, no, on that note, Jake, uh, who would you say this article might be from? Um, I'm guessing a very liberal uh, woman, uh, sort of a CR type, maybe a little more politically minded. No, actually, this is from the artofmanliness.com. Oh wait, what? No, it's from Vice. It's from Vice. Okay, I was gonna. <laughs> I was about to flip out, man. This is all the reasons summer is the worst, filed under the topic of, you guessed it, sex. Uh huh. Let's get real about summer by the vice staff and the picture here is. McCoy, am I gonna like where this is heading? You're not gonna like this, but I've already committed to reading as much as I possibly can until you end the episode. You're gonna. This is. I implore you to self-censor here. I'll do as much as I can. The the picture this is uh this article was put out on June sixteenth, twenty sixteen. So this thing has been on the internet for five years and no one's deleted it. The picture here is of someone wakeboarding and the caption says there is no censoring here. I'm self-censoring as much as I possibly can. F summer and F this guy who seems to be enjoying it. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Now, one interesting fact of note um, is that this post originally appeared on Vice Canada. That's right. This article comes from our friendly neighbors to the north. Oh. On Vice, on the Vice staff. Here's another th- here's another curveball I was thrown right off the bat, is they talk about this band 
whose name is uncensored, it is effed up. Okay. Who's, they're from Canada too. I had no idea Canada, Canadians cursed. So no. they say, this, <laughs> this is the article. When effed up wrote the song, I Hate Summer, they were speaking for a small but vocal segment of society. Especially here in Canada, we've been taught for generations that our reward for surviving the soul-crushing bleakness of winter is that brief, blissful respite respite that summer brings to our cruel and brutal lives. But thanks to climate change, summers up here are approaching Mad Max levels of torture and are no longer a well-earned oasis, but rather a seasonal cesspool of hot garbage. F summer. It's okay to say wakeboarding seems like a D-word sport for rich kids at their daddy's cottage. It's okay to say, I'd rather stay indoors in this air-conditioned environment. The sun will still be there tomorrow. So for those of you who would rather be in who would rather be in a peacoat and a toque, this story goes out to you. No longer do we have to stand for the tyranny of those let's go to the park, it's so nice out effers. For some of us, summer is the essiest season. The crappiest hey. season. Wait. And in case you disagree, we have some of the list to show you why you're so wrong. Take a couple of ibuprofen, drink some water, you're gonna be okay. Now, while Vice staff writer Manisha Krishnan here, uh, this was a bit of a personal attack. The first section here is written by none other, is written about none other than white people talking about sunburns. <laughs> I myself have been peeling for the last couple days and have been leaving little traces of myself wherever I go. Gross. It's not fantastic, but it's better than when it just hurt. Most of my friends are white, and most of the time, that's not an issue. <laughs> Well, that's always an issue with me. I'm always like, man, why do I have to have so many white friends? This is the worst. What a way to start things off. <laughs> oh, most of the time, that's it's okay. I mean, sometimes, it does. You know, it does, however, become almost un bearable during the summer months on any day that the sun is shining and the temperature is above 60 degrees. When this happens, without fail, my normally smart, witty, interesting friends seem only to want to discuss one thing. Sunburn and or the possibility of getting sunburned. Is this like a, like, just every time you come up to them, hey, have I told you about my latest sunburn? I don't really think that's happening, but alright. What SPF are you using? They ask one another, as if an answer above 30 is going to provide some sort of exciting thrill. OMG, I'm so white. Look at my arms, they're already red, they squeal. Maybe I'm just paranoid at this point, but it seems like they're bragging about how easily they get burnt. <laughs> Are your friends secretly like white supremacists? Like they get together, man. Isn't it great to get sunburned? Aren't we? Aren't we so much better than those people? Who <laughs> Are don't we so sunburn? much better than those darker people that don't get sunburned? <laughs> like, I bask that? in my sunburn and ward it over you. <laughs> my point being, STFU already, and they actually just use the acronym there for once. You know, they didn't actually just. Uh, you have been white for your entire life. The sun has been around for your entire life, and you've likely been using sunscreen for your entire life. So, so you why some, are you? You know how some unfortunate women they have what's called resting b-word face, where when like even when they're not like when they have like no emotion showing, it looks like they're running it because that's just how their face is. I'm told I my, my face is a little weird like that too. Like, but but like some some women like you. They have resting B-word face, but like it's not intentional. Like they're not trying to look like that. I'm gonna guess this woman has it, but but not unintentionally. <laughs> like she's just Why constantly, <laughs> constantly scowling. I can't. I wonder if they get sunburned from just the positive, radiant vibe she gives off. <laughs> Why are you acting like these three things in combination? 
is some sort of crazy surprise that you can't help but obsess over. Obsess over. You should know the drill by now. And the drill, e.g. applying cream on your body when you are exposed to UV rays, is not that effing interesting. Especially to brown folk, who generally don't burn and don't need to worry wait, about, wait, wait. quote, getting some color. Maybe I... Is she is she a brown folk? I I can only imagine so. I don't think she is a brown. Mm. <laughs> no, you don't think so. Uh, well, I, so I mean, when you, you were saying that, up, in but... my head, in my head, I'm picturing a white woman like getting mad on behalf of black people, being like, "Ah, oh, it must be. They must be so sick of hearing about us complaining about sunburns." Oh, so that's wait, what I was I'm thinking. Not... I guess. Huh. It doesn't. She does not say specifically, so I'm just gonna Google Manisha Krishman. Although it is a very non-white name, Krishman. That though, is that true. Jewish. Okay, she looks to be some type of darker, uh, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> She's one of them I darker folks. <laughs> Come on, McLean. Yeah. Um. Oh, okay. Uh, Manisha Krishman is a senior editor at Vice News, so we're... Whoa. Let's not... Ooh, don't go after too hard. Reporting on subjects such as... You'll never guess what she reports on, Jake. Um, she's really concerned about the effects of, uh, pesticides on, on crops. Racism, drug policy, dang sexual it. violence against women and guns. Dang it, dang it, dang it. Movies? Uh, she made a movie guess. called Texas Women and Guns, A Love Story. Can only imagine anyway, back to how much she hates white was. people. No, that's that's the end of her section. Um, but the Wait, pic what? there's a picture. That's the end of her section. This article is written by people. In, oh, in the oh you're staff. getting the all taking from turns. multiple people to one article. Yeah, we're all they're all taking turns on this, so which is probably the vice why it's staff so bad. Is taking turns, like we're, we're just going around the office asking, "Hey, Brian, what do you hate about summer? Uh, it's hot. Hey, Manisha, how about you? White people, man." Hey, you, what do you hate about summer? Hey, write, write just a paragraph of something you absolutely despise about summer. Just gonna bundle them all together and ship them up. Uh, the uh, picture for this, for the Manisha's segment is, it seems to be a white person with his shirt off, lying face down in the street. I don't know if he's handcuffed or there's duct tape around his wrists. <laughs> um, it's a blurry picture taken with, and you can see someone's thumb in it. And the caption is, white people... Added it again. Photo via Manisha Krishnan. Yeah, I don't know why black she people and their uh, uh, exposure to the sun. I don't know where that picture comes from, um, but it's it's from her, I guess. I, I right. reverse searched it, and the only results are this article. Okay. So <laughs> then uh, we have Jake Kai Kai Kai. Vank. I'm gonna call him Jake Kaivak. Okay. Because a Kaivak is the machine we use to clean bathrooms at Fred Meyer. Um, but Jake Kaivak here is writing about clothing or lack thereof. Uh oh. What? He's writing about the same exact thing Manisha Krishnan was complaining about. Oh, no. There might be some tension in the vice staff room here. I think I Jake's... know what inspired this in their paragraph. <laughs> Jake says, one Awkward of the reasons... glances around the uh, lunch table, yeah. One of the reasons summer is the worst three to four months of the year is because of the crap, again, doesn't say crap, you have to wear to stay cool, which for the most part means very little since everything that actually looks somewhat fashionable is made by is made by bougie designers in europe every movie made in london has fog and rain so i'm going to assume it's constantly a cool 41 degrees you'll likely spend most of your summer wearing ill-matching shorts and t-shirts as you sweat disgusting gray spots in them if you're pale like me this factor will be 10 times worse due to not wanting to blind people with your exposed skin as you walk down the street or hang out poolside. Anyway, enjoy wearing jeans for the entire season, you vampire-looking butt mf'er. So, uh, did Manisha just shame him to the point where he's now just, he just hates his, he hates his pale skin? 
I don't know, but that's his section. You broke this man, Manisha. Not... You broke him. Uh, Jake kept it kind of short and sweet there. He said, I hate myself. I want to die. And that was it. <laughs> um. So here's the thing, Jake. Yeah? You know how... Okay, Jake comes back later. He does... Oh, they, they all come back later. And write some more. This is a long article, first off. But, um... Now, up until now, it's been... It, it hasn't been great. But it's been pretty just standard, worst summer type list with a few cursing and profanities thrown in there. There's nothing been really too too bad beyond, uh, you know, the norm. Um, here's where we get to some of the morally reprehensible parts. And I'm really oh, sorry boy. about what I'm going to read to you. And this is going to be absolutely horrible. And this is why I said that this was the worst article of all time. Like, <sighs> Okay, I'm ready. Allison Elkin writes about festivals. Yeah, oh, festivals? Bruh. Oh, no. I hate festivals. Bruh. Are you going to Digital Dreams? Dude, you have reach for OVO Fest. Did you see the effing lineup for that festival that's a 10 hour drive from any form of civilizations? It's gonna be effing lit. People going to things to have fun? God, I hate that. It's nearly impossible to go more than 24 hours during this godforsaken season without being asked if you are attending a music-oriented outdoor event due to the crushing pressure of corporate marketing specifically targeted at millennials willing to level their bank accounts for the commodification of your partying. Yeah, that's what I always say when Scandifest uh, happens every year around here. That's exactly what I, th I think about the subject. <laughs> you sell your soul and a firstborn for a ticket. You take an effing shuttle actually a decommissioned school bus to the boonies. You spend all weekend in a constant state of losing your friends due to lack of cell service, miss half the acts you meticulously planned for, and Jake, this sentence is a sucker punch, so I hope you're sitting who's, who's down. forcing you to do this, Allison? You poor and woman. then accidentally snort a line of ketamine that you thought was cocaine in a strange dreadlocked white man's tent lined with mud, dry mud inside. And that's Allison? not to mention the porta potties. Allison, you okay? Do you need to talk to somebody? Because that doesn't sound healthy. <laughs> I got a tip for drug possession to send to the police in Canada, the Mounties. Yeah, um. Okay. <laughs> Here's a picture of a bunch of people enjoying themselves covered in mud at some type of festival, and the caption is awful, just awful. <laughs> Lo and behold, Jake. Yeah? Manisha Krishnan returns, the, oh, the return of the king, to tell us about the, you know, the most annoying part about, Jake, what annoys you most about summer? Uh, um... I think it's that, uh, you know, there's just downtime for a lot of things, like, uh... porta potties like... <laughs> <laughs> Not usually what I think of when I think of summer. Whether you're at a music festival or a campground, it's really only in summer that you find yourself needing to relieve yourself in a literal box. It's not that bad. Your dirtbag friend who never washes his hands after he... Anyway, tries to convince you, but it is that bad. First time, yes. Just gonna, I'm gonna actually <laughs> on the blank there with what was written there. I don't think. Jake, would you like to know what's so bad about it? <laughs> sure. First off, yes, it may be an irrational fear, but these things could get knocked over at any moment. And if you are the poor B-word stuck inside, you will quite literally be covered in crap. No amount of hand sanitizer is going to help Manisha. that. Manisha, is this something you worry about often? Like, just keep you up at night. And speaking of crap, there is so much of it when you're surrounded by people who are experiencing the seldom discussed unsexy side effects of MDMA and cocaine, Say aka diarrhea, and a seeming inability to aim. I think half the problems you've looked at so far could be solved if you stopped doing cocaine. <laughs> Put down the hard drugs. 
Jake, don't tell me you don't tell me that every time you go in the porta potty, you're not afraid of someone tipping it over. Okay. No, I'm not I know it might be irrational fear. I'm mostly concerned about the cocaine. <laughs> Come on, what? it's a party. What Everyone's is this doing person. I absolutely hate parties, but I go to them. I hate festivals, but I go to them all the time, and I do cocaine, and I get knocked over in porta potties. <laughs> <laughs> I hate festivals too. That was my experience with them, I guess. <laughs> and trying to rival Manisha's fantastic return, Jake Kaivak is back. So Allison's baby. doing cocaine and Manisha's doing cocaine. Is Jake snorting a lot too? Uh let's see, let's see. Um Jake Kaivak, your bank account. Okay. This sounds a little more relatable here. Uh, you waste so much money in the summer. Whether you're blasting the AC and driving up your electricity bill, or spending as much time as you can outside with friends, you're going to be bleeding dinero like nobody's business. Cabs to escape the heat, drinks to cool yourself down, a change of clothing for when you sweat all of your body fluids into your current outfit, drugs to make life less crappy. <laughs> Wait, is that an actual line? That, yes. I'm, I'm beginning to think they're taking the name of their company a little too literally. <laughs> Just saying. Jake, it all adds up. And frankly, you're not in a position to argue. Climate change is here to stay. Mm, mm. Think about that. I'm Next time you're ed- killing the ozone with that DIY campfire you made out of axe canisters and driftwood. I wonder how the uh, drug Jake industry is uh, affecting climate change. <laughs> I had no idea cocaine was so big in Canada. <laughs> I guess so. <sighs> and um, there's people on the beach having fun, and the caption is, Stop this. Okie doke. Alright, the next section... Is written by none other than Jake Kaivak, baby. He's going mm. for the two, Pete. One, two. Never seen him coming the second time. His complaint here is the song of the summer. Um, Calvin Harris and Ellie Golding are going to put out a song you'll be forced to hear until winter hits. And while you hate it, those Instagram models you start hanging out with sure love it. Like those the Skrillex Instagram remix is so hyphy. McClam, I'm going to need you to unpack that entire thing. What does any of that mean? Jake, here's the thing. I couldn't tell you. I I know, like, you know, you get your summer songs, you get your summer pop songs that everyone's listening to, to ha- while they're, like, enjoying themselves and having fun, and preferably not doing, like, massive amounts of cocaines and porta bodies But apparently Calvin Harris and Ellie Golding are going to put out a song that you will be forced to hear until December... And, while, quote, while you hate it, those Instagram models you started hanging out with this, sure love it. You know what we were talking about um, a few weeks back about how, like, you, you follow people on the internet and then, like, you're a weird person, you find another weird person, and you think what you're doing is normal, and you form this little echo chamber around yourself? I think <laughs> that's, that's the entire Vice writing staff. Well, that too, but that, I think that's the thing where, like, people can get into these worlds and they think, like, their experience is, like, oh, yeah, everybody, yeah, th- these two people are going to put out uh, a song, you're going to be forced to hear it, and when you're hanging out with Instagram models, like, yeah, it'll just be, yeah, like, you know what I'm talking about, right? You, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> we all do that. Granted, this article is five that's years old, so maybe this article is a half a decade old. So, you know, we might be a little behind the times. Well, but, then um, I, should, I should at least recommend you to talk about it, but it's at least five years old. It's not like uh, a new thing I'm unaware of. Like, Well, Jake, the good news is Manisha is back. Manisha Krishnan is back, good. baby. Um, do you remember? Uh, it, was, it was a while ago. I think it was before Yellowbrook Stone, where um, we talked about this lady that spent... As she timed it out to like 170 minutes setting up and taking down a tent. Yeah. Guess what Manisha's complaining about? Um, Camping. She has, she has issues with the local government and how they're spending the tax dollars to redo the surface of the roads in their town. Camping. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't get it. This is literally the same this is the same article as the as the other one. What is the big effing deal about sleeping in a contorted tarp? Like 
haven't we evolved by now? We have cabins and cottages and Airbnbs that allow plenty of access to the overrated outdoors. You got a lot more privacy there, though. Not a lot of people around to, to catch you doing the coke, so, I mean, <laughs> there's you that. Could be having, you could be having sex with the dreadlocked uh, white dude uh, while doing cocaine with the dried <laughs> mud at the bottom of his tent. Oh, this is the drugs of society, isn't it? I just, we're in the great place I told right you, now. Jake, the worst article on the internet. No, this is the worst choosing? Sorry, the worst people. <laughs> you're right, you're right. There's probably tons of worse articles in this on Vice. Choosing to sleep in a tent is like saying you still like using dial-up internet. Tents get insanely hot during the day and are freezing at night. If a bear or cougar comes cruising by your campsite and wants to F around... <laughs> I'm calling the hey, ranger. Ritter, we'll come back and pick you up later. Uh, I'm calling the ranger to pull over that bear. <laughs> if a bear or cougar comes cruising by your campsite and wants to F around... A thin sheet of canvas mixed with nylon is not going to stop him. Plus, you are literally sleeping on rocks and crap. How is this even a debate? Camping is never as romantic as you think it's going to be. You uh, Hang sit on, around I had romanticizing to... camping a lot, Manisha? I had to quickly look ahead to see just how bad this section was going to get. I think we're safe for now. <laughs> if you're on a campground... You are not only stuck with your... Oh my goodness. <laughs> what? You are not only stuck with your crappy family. <laughs> Again, does not say crappy. She, she's like typing this on the phone. She glares over at mom as she types uh, that sentence. Your crappy <laughs> family. She's, she's typing this on her phone as she's looking at her daughter making a s'more. <laughs> no, but no, also... No. You're implying she's mature enough to actually raise a child to the point where they're still alive enough to eat a s'more. <laughs> this is the person That's doing true. coke in a porta potty. I don't think she's uh, she's gonna. No, think... no, that was that was what's her face. I think that was Allison doing coke in the. No, you're right. They're all right, doing coke. Right. Let's be honest. I think they all mentioned it. <laughs> where they do it does not necessarily matter. <laughs> If you're on a campground, you're not only stuck with your crappy family, but other people's crappy families as well. And cussing out small children you don't know is frowned upon, regardless of how annoying they are with their kumbayaing. Every part of your day is ten times harder with camping. Eating, sleeping, showering, using the bathroom, doing coke. I added that last part in, but I'm surprised it wasn't in there to begin with. It's so hard to find a dealer in the middle of the forest, man. The only reason you think those dinky hot dogs you just burnt on a stick you found on the ground are delicious is because you are so hungry that you don't have a GD working stove. There's certain people that I want to take and do like a, uh, like some kind of reality show or something where you just stick them on an island and just see what happens, see how long they last. Uh. I'm gonna take Ciara and this woman, and actually, you know, everybody who's written a wide blank is the worst article. I'm gonna take them all and stick them on an island and see what happens. Ugh. Peak humanity. So, uh, first, I'd like to point out that I scrolled down to the bottom of this article, and Vice's uh, like tagline here—they're asking you to subscribe to their emails. And they're saying, original reporting on everything that matters in your, your <laughs> inbox. And this is the section of the article. It's a couple sections here. Um, where I have to tell you that this is this is where I scroll down to and I'm like, maybe I won't be able to read this article on West Bros. But I'm going to do my best. Okie doke. Allison's back. Oh she's she's done, you know. She's done a couple lines of coke. <laughs> she's ready to go. And she's here to tell us here to tell us about another relatable summer problem. <laughs> Jake, you, this is a pretty obvious one. This is what everyone thinks about. Oh, like so, mosquito well, bites are itchy and like you know. You, you, sex you, without AC. Oh. <laughs> so, you think it's a good idea to bring a dude from a McClane? beach party home to McClane. bang him? Tread lightly now. 
It's summer, so F it, right? Watch yourself, <laughs> counselor. Once you have your clothes off, which objectively might be the best part of this experience because it's hot out, uh, you become you become aware of his B.O. Okay, okay, okay. Allison, you poor, poor thing. You have screwed up you a life somewhere window. here. Somewhere along you're the way. You're doing coke. <laughs> you're bringing and guys relations home. with random dudes you're meeting. You, you were the one telling me about the dreadlocked white guys at festivals camping out in tents with dried muds at the bottom, and you're still having this <laughs> just with any guy? You bring him home and you realize, oh, I picked the most repulsive man alive. Let's start slow, okay? Let's start slow here. Maybe, maybe incorporate a couple of, a couple of standards into your life. Like maybe, maybe take him home with you. The second day you know him, maybe find the guy who doesn't have dreadlocks. I don't know. Just start simple. I mean, <laughs> you don't have to become a pure chaste woman overnight, but just start somewhere, please. <laughs> you open your window because of the guy's B.O. But due to the fact that you live in a high rise, the maximum width it will open is two and a half inches. That is not enough. Nothing is enough. But he's already here. And you're already making out naked. Okay, 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 McLean. McLean. Let's pretend this is a TV edit. Fast forward. Okay, I was going to try to censor the this next paragraph. There's, there's nothing in this next paragraph I can read on Westbros other than the last sentence, which is KMS. I can understand why you might not be satisfied with your current life, Allison, but I don't think... The path you're you're going down. Is, uh, I'm, just, I'm gonna sum up. One. I'm gonna sum up what I think was in the paragraph you're not reading. Sweaty. There we go. All right. Yeah, it was um, it was worse than you're probably imagining. It was. Sweaty and smelly. Okay. Now the good news is, you know, we've heard from Jake, we heard from uh, Allison, and we heard from Manisha. But now we're getting some new blood in this article. Ah, finally, man. Emil Nazi uh, writes in. Oh. That is spelled N-I-A-Z-I. And I can't think of any other way to pronounce it other than Nazi. Nazi? Emil Nazi. Good one. <laughs> so here's the thing, Jake. Windmill piece. What? What's a... <laughs> Summer on. flings. Summer flings. Like, this is like a, like an Allison type fling, or are we talking about like a... Like an actual okay. dating relationship? Sure. You've seen a lot of coming-of-age teen movies. You've revisited all of the episodes of Dawson's Creek I know I have. So you think you get summer romances. Oh, I get it. Outdoor relations. Boozy park dates with the promise of more outdoor relations. Was that happening a lot in Dawson's Creek? I don't actually know what Dawson's Creek was, so... I, just know I know this happens to me every summer. I don't know about you, Jake. <laughs> the unspoken clause that there are no strings attached, and this brief, sun-soaked affair will end just as the cicadas start their own public mating dance. Summer's making it hard That's... for me to be a completely horrible, depraved, trash human being. It's the worst. <laughs> I didn't expect Ugh. the cicadas to get a, a shout out in this. I, I'll, I will admit, I, I didn't. I didn't notice that when I brought those up earlier. I didn't. I didn't realize that. But it's all a disgusting lie. I don't know about that, Emil, but I know it's disgusting what you guys are doing up there. Wait a minute. Have we considered the fact? Claim. Have we considered the fact? All the all these points they're making, just like. Consuming anything put in front of their nose, uh, just shameless, <laughs> shameless love making out in the open, um, just <laughs> running around porta potties in the mud, hot, sweaty. Maybe these are dogs. Maybe these are dogs who <laughs> learn how to write. Clearly, <laughs> they're not human. Clearly, that's not possible. 
That would also even, explain all the... Even uh, the most depraved, trashy person you know at least has a couple of standards here. That would explain all of the just... Um, having relations with random dudes you meet with horrible B.O. Huh. <laughs> you, you, they, you have the discernment of an actual yeah, dog, Allison. I don't think the dogs... I don't think the dogs would care about Calvin Harris and Ellie Goulding. Huh? I don't, I don't know Calvin, and I don't so, know dogs. Inconclusive. So. Inconclusive. Inconclusive. Oh, this article is, is Possibility. longer than I thought it was. Okay. Um, you spent most of May and June... A meal continues. This is a meal's only section in this. Wow. You spent most of May and June hiding your pale body. Strange how, how that keeps coming up. So as soon as Canada Day Remember, hits... Uh, Misha, Manisha, whatever her name was, has been beating him over the head about the whiteness. So, you know. Let's drill into them by now. Okay, so I think I think this is a... This next sentence is a little rough, but I think we can speed through it and we'll be okay. Bubble. You spent most of May and June hiding your pale body, so as soon as Canada Day hits, you're thirsty to hook up with someone, anyone, and in your drunken stupidity, you sleep with the first guy in a tank top who offers you a cigarette. One standard. Can we work on just one standard? Like, can you at least have, like, one moral? Like, just, maybe... Yeah. <laughs> like, doesn't even have to be a big one. Just anything. Like, maybe a guy who doesn't smoke. I'm, what if, like, I'm I not dating know. dudes in tank tops this summer? How do we get through to you? The good news, I mean, he's pretty hot. I, I guess he doesn't have massive BO this time around, and he doesn't have dreadlocks. So he's pretty hot. So you keep it going until September, thinking you'll both ghost each other like adults. As soon as patio season is over... But you don't because you're lazy and now it's winter and he's stealing a friend's HBO Go account so you're contractually obligated to stick it out. It's the peak of humanity I wonder, right here. I know that you're trying to do like this this quirky, relatable, raunchy humor, but also you're a reprehensible human being and I really think you should go to a church. I'm not too know. concerned about which church at the moment. Just we can work on like... Solid theology later. Just, just I think now you just need kind, to get in the door of one. You need some kind of shame-based moral code. Just some kind. I don't even care where it comes from at this point. But we can just start from there. Maybe I'm a judgmental like, friend. I don't... Maybe maybe just like someone making snarky comments on your Instagram posts. I could provide that service. I'm, I'm not saying I will. Whatever little stone going to get in your shoe. I think maybe I prefer to see people into Funko Pops over this kind of, kind of thing. But, um... Then suddenly it's Christmas, and you would be a monster to break up with someone over the holidays, and then Valentine's Day and wedding season, and whoops! Your two-week hookup has turned into a long-term relationship with a guy named Chad. You met standing outside a, guess what, a porta potty who you can't break up with until next summer. How often has this happened to you? I'm gonna Apparently get it's happened to Emil a lot. Yeah. Um, just some kind of shame-based moral code. That's all. That's all. Yeah, just not a big one. Either. Maybe just a photo. Maybe have a photo on your wall of just like your dad giving you a disapproving look. Like, let's start there. Yeah. Okay, Jake. Uh, so we were kind of making fun of... Fun, poking fun at the article. Because it was like, you know bringing up things that aren't necessarily relatable for summer issues like porta potties and stuff but manisha is back oh good and she's good. uh she's writing about you know kind of something a little more relatable public oh, like, transit, like you're sitting you know? outside with a with a nice lemonade but the ice melts too fast so it gets kind of watered down that's kind of annoying no 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 not kind of like a public transit you know i don't really use it quite often myself you know pocatello's a smaller city i got a car so i don't really need to use it but in the bigger cities you know, you got kind like, of like to trying to time so. your schedule around the bus stops and like making sure you get there on time and like. Uh, kinda. Just, just say it, okay? At the best of times, riding public transit is an exercise in restraint. But when it's hot out, everyone and their dog, literally, is riding the subway or bus. Parents are hogging up the aisles with their strollers and picnic gear. Young Why can't you just are... have cheap floozy one-night flings like the rest of us, lady? 
Yeah, that's the thing of me. Like, don't believe that you were in a long-term one-year relationship with someone. A loveless long-term relationship where you probably cheated? Yeah, that, that might be it. But young people are covertly chugging water bottles of vodka on their way to the Park Beach Music Festival and screaming, It's lit! And there is no chance in hell you're finding a seat. To top it all off, everyone is sweating. So you are enforced to endure the scent of B.O. for the duration of your trip. Nightmare. That was a little more... I, I little just, more I think maybe the day drinking is contributing to the sweating. Yeah, there seems to be... I'm not, I don't know the effects of cocaine, but I can't imagine that's helping. No. Um, especially I mean, I've not always with... Found, I've always found a lot of alcohol makes me a bit sweaty. Yeah, yeah, okay. Now, Josh Weiser here, uh, he, he ends it. This is the last section in this article. Th thank goodness. But yeah, Josh Weiser, we get another... It's a shame. Josh, he, um, he enters, you know, just as the article is wrapping up, so... We don't get we don't get a ton out of him, but he's he's got a decent couple paragraphs here. Bar patios, Jake. Bar patios. Oh, like eating outside, like it's the like the mosquitoes and like bugs can like uh, get on your food, and that's kind of annoying. Or like uh, like the guy next door has got like one of those barbecue things going, and the smoke's blowing in your face. Like that's what annoys him. I haven't been to a Canadian city that doesn't get a collective hard on for bar patios during the summer. Oh. I didn't right. want to say that, but you forced Great me. Great imagery. Thank you very much, McLean. Thank you for bringing this culture to Westboros. I'm very glad that you've done this. Um, Except probably Vancouver, because I don't think anyone takes drinking seriously there. I'm going to penalize your account for this, McLean. You owe me $300. That's fair. <laughs> well, I thought we were splitting the re Westboros revenue evenly. Nah, not this week, buddy. Dang it. Well... That's just a drop in the bucket from all our ad revenue. It's a thousand percent understandable to want to drink outside on a hot day, or even better, when it's a warm night, but a patio is usually the worst way to experience one of the world's greatest pleasures. That is the experience of drinking in a bar. I'm just saying I don't know if I'd call drinking in a bar one of the world's greatest pleasures, like... For, for this be... person, maybe. <laughs> Like, I mean, it's okay, but... <laughs> Even a halfway decent bar has a controlled climate, a little bit of decor, some inoffensive tunes, and in the summer, available comfortable seats. But no, instead, Canadians prefer to line up in 35 degree heat, uh, they use Celsius there, sorry, I have no idea what that is, for the privilege of sitting in 35 degree heat in garbage seats at garbage tables. Don't get me wrong, a great patio is a beautiful unicorn, but the majority of patios are trash, and you deserve better. This is a terrible Shall place I go to snort on? coke. Shall I go on about street-level patios and their amazing views of busy intersections? How about the concrete floors and the lack of umbrellas for every table setting up a de facto class system in the heat? You are outside, you are not of, allowed to smoke. I don't remember where I heard this. There was this joke about the, uh, the, the discerning alcoholic who comes in and... He gets completely wasted every night, but he's, like, critiquing the shape of the ice cubes in this dream. Yeah. Like, you've, uh, you spent way too much time at these bars, buddy. You might want to go home. Oh, no, the bar down the street usually cuts me off at three drinks, but you're cutting me off at, like, two and a half. And I gotta say, their chairs are much more comfy. You are outside, but you are not allowed to smoke in most Sir, restrictions. No. I no wouldn't get wasted in an establishment like this. I'm going down the street and get wasted inside an indoor bar like a real man. I wouldn't get thrown out of a dump like this. <laughs> Bars are too cheap to buy some nice outdoor speakers, so you are forced to hold conversations instead of yelling over some 15-year-old stroke single. And where the F is your server? Why is there only hey, one server for these hey, 20 what's tables? Hey, what's your name? Cool. Hey, you want to go back to my apartment? Like a couple of... <laughs> Got me cocaine? That's not your body odor, is it? <laughs> nice dreads. <laughs> uh, see that if bear I was inside. If I was inside, I would have a cold drink in my hand. 
I would not be having this conversation and I wouldn't have a pounding sun-induced headache. And he ends this, this section here, he ends the article here with the sentence that I think embodies much of the spirit of the entire thing. Drinking is supposed to happen in the dark. I need this entire Riley crew to go into some kind of detox program. <laughs> yeah, some of these tags are pretty bad, but you will you will be glad to know that um, Ellie Goulding and Calvin Harris got uh, tagged in, in this. Oh, good, good, yeah. Yeah. Summer sucks, wakeboarding, and the tag F off. <laughs> McLean, this has been fabulous. I think I've learned a lot today. I've, I've learned a lot about... The, the, the kinds of people I don't want to associate in my daily in my daily life. Uh, but it's okay, because they no. probably don't want to associate with me either, because I'm not going to jump into bed with them or give them a line of coke. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you know, a lot of those, um... A lot of those Summer Sucks articles were kind of relatable, in spirit at least. You know, they were complaining about everything. But... They still have the spirit of like this is a relatable thing that everyone does in the summer. But this one this is like it reads like it's written. Coke. It reads like it's written by the the character in the horror movie that you're supposed to hate and gets killed off first. <laughs> <laughs> like that's Things what I hate like. about summer. Things I hate about summer. When I'm beating my wife, I get overheated. <laughs> <laughs> but the windows are open. The neighbors have to hear her screaming. Things, things I hate about summer. More people are out at night, which means there are more potential witnesses for when I burn down the orphanage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, get help, guys! Get help. Yeah, that, maybe that'd be um, good. maybe next time made, on West Bros, you, you we'll do a "Where Are They Now?" of the Vice authors. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm hey, gonna, I'm gonna sign off. Now. Any way I can hurt? Yeah. I'm gonna take a. Well, I gotta go to the gym first, but then I'll I'll take a shower and, and scrub the. Thank top. you, scrub thank you for tuning top. into the worst ever article read on the worst ever episode of West Bros. I hate you, McLean. Thanks, sir. <laughs>